greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Show. So if you have your Bible, uh, settle in. Today we're going to be uh, in uh, Romans and back over into Galatians. Then we're going to do a quick tour all the way through Luke. And hopefully, we'll, by God's will, we'll get all that done in this, this segment. This is part four in the final uh, segment of the Wisdom of the Cross. And I hope to wrap it up uh, here because we, we could really just go on and on and on. And, and I, I love this. Uh, but let's go ahead right now, invite the, the presence of uh, the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the viewing audience. I, I thank you, Lord, that uh, we're able to teach your word, Lord, and just get it out there. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you would uh, bless this time, bless us with eyes and ears that we might both see and hear what the Spirit has to say. Now, if you were with us last week, we spent some time in uh, John chapter 3 talking about the new birth and we did the whole story the rest of the story like Paul Harvey used to say how we're being saved from the condemnation and, and Jesus uh, and, and just a quick synopsis said in John 3:16, when speaking to Nicodemus he says for God so loved the world and get that we all love that part that through him we might be saved but saved from what? And then Jesus goes on to say in verse 18 that we're saved from condemnation. All right? That if we believe in him, that we're, we're not condemned. All right? But who doesn't believe? He says you are condemned already. And that's a state that most people have no idea, no recognition, because by and large part, people have departed from preaching a gospel-centered message and that's what today's show is all about and i just want to quickly do a gospel invitation we're going to start it and close at that in romans chapter 10 and this is the synopsis i mean the bible message is simple enough for a child to understand but deep enough for a theologian to drown in and i actually think sometimes the more people get into the bible and stuff i know plenty of people that um they got it up here but it, it's not in here yet and and i say well you're gonna miss heaven by 18 inches it's not what we know it's what we apply so romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 13 all right our opening scripture but what does it say now, speaking about the scriptures the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith which we preach that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. All right, this is the gospel. You will be saved. All right, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all and all who call upon him. For whoever 
calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And like we demonstrated last week, that we're condemned already. Our state before we receive or become a Christian, and if you're not a Christian, according to God's laws, all right, and we ran out of time last week, so we didn't get to the test, but that's on the website, so if you ever want to just see the test, go to the website, click on the link that says, take the test, and you just go through it. It's, it's, we go through the Ten Commandments, and we just demonstrate that all of us, all right, I took the test, all right, I got a zero. <laughs> That's how good I did, so don't be afraid to take the test. Anyway, it just describes. But let's, let's talk about the gospel a little bit. And the wisdom of the cross is the proclamation of the good news that our condition and that we were captives. There was a war. We lost, and we were taken captive. That's kind of what the Bible uh, describes, spiritually speaking, that we've been taken captive, all right? And God gave us the law to show us why that was. The law is a mirror to show us uh, how, we, how we transgress God's commandments. And that's why we have a, a, a God-given compass. It's called your conscience, all right? The word conscience uh, means, con means with, and science means knowledge. So our conscience, which God wrote on our hearts, means that when we sin, we sin with knowledge. And, and that's easily demonstrated by taking the test. All right. Now, here is our, our scriptures here in Galatians. Paul speaking about, uh, uh, just to give you a quick synopsis, uh, Paul writes a, a short epistle to uh, the Galatians. And he's, he's worried about them. All right, he's very worried about him. And in the Greek, this is he—he he really gets through, and he not a lot of fluff in the beginning of this uh, epistle. He gets right to the heart of the problem, and uh, so he doesn't have a lot of uh, sweet things to say to the Galatians. He cuts right to the heart of the matter, and the heart of the matter is um, they're departing from the gospel, and. Uh, that is no different today. So, Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. All right? And it says right here, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Well, there's plenty of different gospels out there today. It seems like there's more coming out all the time. Which is not another but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, and now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than that what you have received... Let him be accursed. Now, Paul says that twice in, in the most emphatic terms. He says, if you preach another gospel, he goes, he damns you. For somebody who's a, 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 he promotes the gospel of grace, for him to say that, I mean, what is going on here, Paul? Um, what was going on in, in this 
day was there was Judaizers who, who came along and they didn't deny um, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. They told people that they needed to not only, you know, be baptized in Christ and believe in Christ, but they were adding to it. They added to the gospel and they said, the, you need to keep the law, all right, which the Bible demonstrates, the entire New Testament demonstrates that we can't keep the law. The law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, all right? Now, once, once we, we get there, now we're no longer, you know, children. Now we become of age. And, and what Paul is trying to get through to the um, Galatians was that they're starting to add to it. Now, religion is bad, all right? And it might surprise you that Jesus was the most anti-religious person probably ever to walk the face of the earth. And, And if you read the Gospels, he had major conflict with with the religious leaders of the day. And and Paul says that he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He knew the law. All right? He said he kept it. All right? But when Jesus came on the scene, raised the standard, opened up the scriptures to him, he said, "I count it all dung." <laughs> you can look that up, but that's not a pretty picture. That's that's what religion is. Anything plus Jesus equals religion works we described last week we can't earn god's grace if if you know god gives you a million dollar gift all right just to throw a number on there i don't think you can throw a number on what god did for us and then you try and pay him a little something for it. you you know thanks here can i give you that that that's an insult to the gift all right, because if if you're trying to give something that's less than what the gift was worth, that's an insult to the giver. All right, and God's grace is a gift to all who will receive it. All right, but He says, you know, that He marvels that they're turning to another gospel, and the Judaizers of His day were promoting, you know, Jesus plus that it was it was a different gospel, a different religion. And Paul adamantly gets after this problem. In verse 10, he says, For now do I persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Now, you're and me. We're going to be servants of somebody. All right, we're either servants of righteousness and follow God, or we're servants of unrighteousness, and we follow the God of this world. So Paul, and, and really, the, the proclamation of the, of the gospel is foolishness to those who don't believe. And, and it really doesn't please men, because men love, love to be in darkness. It's, it's strange, but it's true. And, and once you're, you're, you've been, um, had your eyes opened up by God's Spirit to see, you realize that, you know, there is so much 
there. There's so much richness, and, and God gives you beauty for ashes. He gives you uh, life. The, the people in the Bible who, who came to Christ, they, they were down, they were depressed, and even though they were thrown into prison and exiled and, and punished and beaten, um, they had joy in the midst of all that, and only by God's Spirit can you do that. Verse 11, But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man, for I neither received it from man nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that is awesome. Now, what I want to do, and I, I hope we have enough time to do it, is I want to take that tour through uh, Luke. All right, and starting in Luke chapter one is the uh, John the Baptist uh, call. His father Zechariah um, has a little prophecy about, him. He, and he's he's talking about the, the birth of John the Baptist in Zechariah's prophecy. It says. In verse 76 of Luke chapter 1, And you, child, speaking to the child, John the Baptist, will be called the prophet of the highest. Now that is Jesus. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways and to give knowledge of salvation. You got that? Knowledge of salvation. To his people by the remission of the sins, of their sins, through the tender mercy of God which the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Now remember how we talked about that we're, if we're, in, we're, we're condemned criminals. Jesus says if you haven't believed in the name of the Son of God, you're condemned already. So it's not a matter of, of you know, preaching people into heaven as much as we need to let people know you're condemned already and but God has a plan and it's a wonderful plan but it has some requirements and that's what the tour of Luke is going to do what is that requirement what is that knowledge that John the Baptist is preparing away all right Luke chapter 3 John the Baptist prepares the way. Now, down in verse 2, it says, giving some historical reference here, while Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, the word of the Lord came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region and around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Now that's an Old Testament reference right there, Lord to Jehovah God, which is an absolute, um, he's talking in context here that it's given by Luke. This is a reference to the Old Testament Yahweh God, Jehovah God, is Jesus. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough ways smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Now that's Jesus. Verse 7. 
Then he said to the multitudes that came to him and baptized him, and he says, this is to the, to the religious people. Notice how, how um, politically correct he, he is with this. He says, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. It's a word you don't hear too much in church anymore. Some of you might have even been in church for years and haven't even heard it. That's how sad uh, much of the American church has become a business in just keeping the building up and running. We've got entire denominations in outright apostasy. Um, you know, they're doing things that are unmentionable. And we just don't even have time on this show to get to that. But he's talking about bearing fruit worthy of repentance. All right. And he says, And do not begin to say to yourselves, For we have Abraham as our father. For I say unto you, God is able to raise up children from these stones. All right. And so John's ministry is prophesied that he's going to prepare the way for knowledge. John begins his ministry when he's a man. And he baptizes people into the repentance for the remission of sins. Now, that's what's required on our part is repentance. Repentance means this, all right? Turn. It's, it's a verb. It means action. We need to turn from consciously away from what we know and what God's word is, is dealing with us in. Okay, now, what does Jesus have to say about this? Well, let's continue to take our tour through Luke. We're going to go to chapter 13, verse uh, 1. Tried to keep this all in one gospel uh, for you. And uh, Jesus uh, speaking here, in verse 1, it says, There was present at the season some who told him, Jesus, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Sounds kind of gruesome. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all those Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, he says, you will likewise perish. That's that state of still being in that cell. You're, we're, we're condemned already. Or those 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all the other of men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But you, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. Now, that's the same thing that happened on 9-11. The 3,000 people that perished on that day, were they worse sinners no, time and chance happen to all. That's what it says in Ecclesiastes. We're all in a condition where if you saw the first or second installment where we talked about death has a legal right as long as we sin. All right? And it says further down in verse 6, he says, He also spoke this parable, Jesus a certain man had a fig tree and planted it in his vineyard. 
And this is a parable about God planting a vineyard. And he came seeking fruit, God, on it and found none. And that's him coming to Israel. The fig tree is Israel. He keeps coming and, and looking for fruit worthy of repentance. And it says, Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for three years I've kept coming seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I found none. And he says, Cut it down, for why does it use up the ground? That's not a pretty picture, is it? But he, said, but he answered, the, the keeper of the vineyard, he said to him, Sir, let it alone this year un, until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well. And if not, after that, you can cut it down. Now, a lot of us are going through hard times. Okay? Now, I don't think that that's uh, um, not affecting most of us. And what God is doing, if God's stimulating your heart and, and he's pricking your heart, um, he's digging around you. And he's sending uh, stuff into your life. Fertilizer. All right? You're going through some fertilizer. All right? And, but that's to help you bear fruit unto repentance. So if you're wondering well, what's going on in my life and why is this happening and what's happening to our country, our country largely, as we've demonstrated, is a post-Christian nation. Kicking God out of schools, uh, the Ten Commandments, taking prayer out of school. Um, we worship things, stuff, money. Um, that's, you know, people call it the almighty dollar. Why do you think it's plummeting? It's not a mystery. God always judges false gods. And, and, and it's, it's judgment. Yes, it is. Um, but in that judgment is, is mercy. Because God's using that to bring us to himself, to get us to question what's going on. Okay, let's continue our tour. And this brings us up and wraps us up. Uh, Jesus winds down his ministry, um, crucified for us, the wisdom of the cross. Uh, he gives the end time scenario in, in Luke and in, in the latter chapters. He rides into Jerusalem, rejected and crucified, raised again on the third day. Okay, the gospel. And whoever believes in him, all right, is saved. But what he says um, in Luke 24, at, just before the ascension, uh, he, he, he gives a, a Bible study after his uh, uh, resurrection. Uh, someday I, I hope to do a teaching on this, the road to a mass where uh, these two disciples of his uh, he walks alongside of them and they're, and they're just they're distraught it's, it's the third day you know the Lord was crucified and they're bumming they're going home they're, they packed it in they're all done well, I guess this guy wasn't the Messiah um, Jesus joins them and they have like a seven mile Bible study walking where Jesus opens up the scriptures to them I wish I could have been there Wish there was an MP3, or I could get that on iTunes. But anyway, in uh, what he what he does in in Luke 24 verse 44, 
it, it talks about opening up the scriptures. He says, Then he, being Jesus, said to them, These words are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that, and get this, all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets, that's the Old Testament, and the Psalms concerning me, he says. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. That's awesome. All right, but what does he say right after that? Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer, and this is the gospel, and rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and the remission, that's taking away, of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem and all around the world. And he says, and you are witnesses of these things. They saw it. And he says that they're going to preach repentance to all nations. And by large, people don't preach the gospel anymore. You don't hear that you're a sinner, sorry, so am I. Um, you don't hear about the cross, the shed blood of Christ, and if you do, bless you, Pastor. He's he's doing the will of God, um, and, and it's not a popular stand, you know. But that's what God has called us to do. All right, that is our mission, and it's not popular. But let's. Let's close it out. Let's go to, um, well, I was going to go to Romans, but, but not yet. Speaking about faith and preaching and how we talked about in the beginning, Galatians, uh, another gospel, where they were talking about another gospel. Jesus in the middle of Luke in chapter 18 drops this bombshell that's been sticking with me for like the last couple years and uh, it uh, it actually kind of disturbs me a little bit uh, Luke chapter 18 now this is a parable alright and he says Jesus then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God Okay, it's probably most of the judges today. Nor regard man. So it's a wicked judge. Now there was a wid widow in that city that came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, this is the judge saying within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming to me she weary me. Then the Lord said, Jesus, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out to him day and night to him? Though he bear long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. So the whole premise here is, is Jesus 
wants you to continue to keep praying. And he says he's not like the unjust judge. And then he drops this bombshell. And he says, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Now, to me, that just, that's like a punch in the gut. But when you survey the landscape of America and the church in America today, by and large, they just have a different gospel. We have lots of religion. Now, remember, religion is anything plus Jesus equals religion. Now, we're running out of time. I want to offer to you an invitation. You've been pricked in your heart. You know what repentance is. God's requiring you to turn from your life of sin. Now say it. Believe in Jesus that he died and rose again on the third day in accordance to the scriptures. And he says, in any and on any, whosoever believes in him will have eternal life. That's, that's the gift. That's the grace. Invite him into your life. Jesus, come into my heart. I trust you. I want to get to know you better. And if you believe that, Jesus came into your heart, and he'll bless you. I'll see you next week. God bless.